2: mm, mm, mm. Okay. What do I want to listen to during my run this morning?
0: It's this American Life, I'm Ira Glass,
2: and let's just get to it.
3: Here's what else you need to know today. Welcome. (laughs) This is ninety-nine percent invisible. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. Ding dong! You're listening to Revisionist History. From This
1: American Life. From the Media.
2: There are too many podcasts in the world. That's true, and I make a lot of them. <laughs> I am Joe Piazza, host of many podcasts, and that is Emily Marinoff, the producer of many of my podcasts. Emily, I have an idea. Uh, n- another one? Another one. I am going to make a podcast about podcasts. Okay. My first thought is that might be contributing to the problem. No, 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 no. I am going to solve the problem because life is too short for good people to listen to bad podcasts. And we are going to tell you the best podcast to listen to every single week. I think I'd listen to that.
0: It's a podcast about podcasts about
3: podcasts.
2: Welcome, welcome everyone to The Pod Club. I'm your host, Joe Piazza, and I love podcasts. I think audio is the most exciting thing that is happening in media right now. But I also know that it is incredibly hard to find a podcast that you love. There's so many of them out there. We are here to fix that. On this show, we are going to be sitting down with hosts, producers, and just general podcast enthusiasts to celebrate the wide world of podcasts and audio. You're going to get plenty of behind-the-scenes looks at your favorite, or I promise you, soon-to-be favorite shows, and we'll be giving you plenty of recommendations along the way. Our very first guest is a big one, one of my favorite podcast creators. Are you ready? Hello. Hey, Malcolm, how you doing?
3: Let me get some volume here. Wait, speak again.
2: Hello, hello, hello? Yeah, you're just faint. Step one of making a podcast. Figure out sound. While we're doing that, do you recognize that voice? It was Malcolm freaking Gladwell. And if you don't recognize his voice, it's probably because you know him as more of a writer of books, the kind of books that everyone buys at the airport, like David and Goliath and Talking to Strangers. But six years ago, six years, that's like a lifetime in podcast years, Malcolm became a distinct presence in the podcast universe with his show Revisionist History.
3: My name is Malcolm Gladwell. You're listening to Revisionist History, my podcast about things overlooked and misunderstood.
2: I will listen to or read anything that Malcolm Gladwell produces. Because everything he does makes me feel smarter and brings me total joy. In 2018, Malcolm started the audio company Pushkin Industries with Jacob Weisberg. And the projects they are producing just get better and better year after year. They are proving that audio can be totally magical. And I wanted to know their secret sauce. But I also wanted to know how Malcolm Gladwell got started in audio, if he had some kind of master plan. don't know
3: whether there was any particular source of inspiration because, you know, six years ago, it was just started on a whim, and it was intended almost just to be a one-off. Jacob was then at Slate. He said, oh, you should just try it. He might find it fun. Um, and we didn't have any models in mind. And originally I didn't understand audio. So I just thought, oh, it's just like me writing New Yorker pieces, only they'll have an audio. It'll be an audio. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> so there was no, there was no plan or, and then Pushkin starts because Jacob was like, well, why don't we just do it ourselves then? It was literally that, and then we had pizza. So yeah, I wish. Sometimes I wish there was a master plan and there was someone who we were clearly trying, trying to emulate. But no, we're just making it up as we go along.
2: That's the that's the better story. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear more about people who are just making it up as they're going along. Well,
3: it's, it's what we do. <laughs> Good,
2: and then they eat pizza. Yeah, then pizza. Revisionist history is one of our favorite podcasts. Do you have an episode that's a favorite of yours?
3: Well, you it's know, hard.
2: It's like choo- you know, I choosing between your children. You, you, know, right? you know,
3: yes, exactly. You're choosing between my children. Um, the fun ones are, you know, the the ones that are magical are the ones where you just have no, you don't know what's going to happen. You just kind of like romp in and make stuff up.
2: What's one that was particularly magical?
3: Well, the greatest magical moment ever is the one about Elvis.
2: Oh, uh I haven't listened to that one yet.
3: you oh my god, that might be the best <laughs> one ever. Um, that's the one about how Elvis what's the song? Um there's a certain song that Elvis where Elvis would always flub the lyrics in the emotional part.
0: Okay, now here here it comes okay. I wonder if you want some night. You know, someone said, The world's are state, and each of us play a part. Play headman, playing in, plus tax. You read your lines so cleverly, you never missed a cue. Then you came back too. You forgot the words, you seemed
3: to change. It's a Freudian analysis of why Elvis couldn't sing this particular lyric from this one famous song of his. And the idea is this idea called parapraxis, which is that the mistakes you make in speech are indicative of some inner psychological state. And so one of the things I did, I went to Nashville and I had a woman named Casey Bowles, just a brilliant um, musician. And then we started talking about this idea and she said, oh, you know, there's a song of mine that every time I sing it, I can't remember is these certain key lyrics. I said, oh, will you play it for me? And she played it for me. And when she came to that part, completely unbidden. She couldn't remember the lyrics. It's an amazing moment that in a million years I never would have. And then we went and we sat down with um, uh, Jack White
2: mm-hmm.
3: and the same thing happened that we had this kind of unexpected moment. So in a in a podcast about unexpected moments, we had a bunch of unexpected moments. You
2: had so many unexpected moments. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm looking it up right now. I'm... It's, it is... I'm adding it to my playlist.
3: You asked me what was the best. That might have been the best one I've ever done.
2: Hey, Joe from the future here. I want to play you a quick clip of this Elvis episode, just so you can get a little taste for the story.
3: It's a song about love, betrayal, and loss, themes that are at the center of Elvis's life. He's a twinless twin, someone whose twin died in utero, and he's obsessed by that fact. He brings it up again and again, the loss of someone who should have been his closest friend. Albus's mother, Gladys, is to say the least unusual. She's controlling, intense. He calls her baby. Gladys died when Albus was just 23. When he first saw her casket, he threw himself on top of her body, then stepped back and talked about how beautiful she was while pointing to her dead feet. He called them her little suities. He did this again and again. At the end of the funeral service, he lay on top of her casket saying, I want to go with you. I don't want to stay here. I can't be without you.
2: I was actually just thinking back. My favorite recent episode of Revisionist History um, It felt more like an old radio play than anything that I've heard recently, and that is The Revisionist History of The Little Mermaid.
3: One day, deep into my adult years, I discovered Walt Disney's The Little Mermaid. That is a hugely problematic movie. Ultimately, this episode is about whether it can be fixed. Wait, did I say this episode, I meant three episodes. We're spending the next three weeks on The Little Mermaid. Revisionist History's take on The Little Mermaid is going to go on longer than The Little Mermaid itself. <laughs> no. uh. Yeah, sort of bananas. Probably shouldn't have done three episodes on it, probably should have done two. There's a certain point where you're just like, you know, eff it. Let's just roll with this for as long as it goes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I, I loved it. I think it had to be three. I couldn't get enough. It's the podcast that I've recommended to everyone this yeah. year. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want to necessarily spoil anything, but The Little Mermaid is reborn by the end in mm-hmm. a true radio play. We didn't do a great job explaining exactly what happens in this episode, and that is my bad. It's the first episode. Bear with me here. But let me tell you what happens. Malcolm gets TV writer Britt Marling to just rewrite a much better ending to The Little Mermaid. And then they take it a step further and get a star-studded cast that includes Glenn Close, Jodie Foster, and Dax Shepard to bring it all to life. I'm going to play a clip now, but not too much, because to ruin this whole thing for you would just be a crime. It would be wrong. And do you, Ursula,
3: take Prince Eric?
1: Ariel, soaking wet, wreathed in seaweed, red in the face, charges forward, leaps onto the stage, heads right for the couple to be like a charging bull. The guests gasp at this invasion. (gasps) A scorned woman come to sabotage the wedding? To throw Eric's fiance overboard? Ariel barrels forward, arms outstretched, and just when it seems like Ariel might strike Ursula... (gasps) She collides with her in an embrace full of feeling.
2: The guests' jaws drop. God in heaven! I'm rarely surprised in life, and that like just like knocked me out of my seat. It was great. Well, Britt,
3: you know, I we had the great fortune um, in that thing of Britt Marling is a you know she's a genius. Without me having to do anything more than mildly prod her, she just sat down and wrote that brilliant ending. Uh, I was, you know, we were having so much fun. I was sort of reasonably sure we could communicate some of that to the audience.
2: Well, you did. I mean, w- when I create audio, I want the audience to feel wonder and to to just feel like a little kid again, that's just really freaking enjoying something. And yeah. the Little Mermaid episodes did that. They taught yeah. us something, but then just also made us reimagine the world in a different way, which is so exciting. When we get back from the break, we're going to dive deeper into what's happening behind the scenes at Pushkin Industries right now.
3: Podcast.
4: Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel and while you might think a great white shark is scary what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving eyes forward don't drive distracted brought to you
2: by NHTSA and the Ad Council
4: MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season and guess what So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here, along with you fans, covering everything. Every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations act
2: Welcome back to the Pod Club. Today, we are talking to the one and only Malcolm Gladwell. And it's not only his podcasts that are making waves in the audio world. Pushkin Industries is also leading the charge on a brand new kind of audiobook. The most recent one is called Miracle and Wonder. And it is an audio journey with Paul Simon. Yeah, Paul Simon. Miracle and Wonder. It is such a gorgeous mix of audiobook with podcast, with interview, with musical compilation. And I think it shows the real possibilities of the medium. So I wanted to ask you how that came about.
3: Well, I had had this idea from the beginning that musicians were a natural subject for an audiobook because, you know, they're. They're all about sound. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and I I would read, I would always read memoirs of musicians and get frustrated because that's exactly what you don't want, which is just someone talking about music. You want to hear it, you know, and there'd be some thing where the, the singer were the, would describe some moment and it was so incredible and blah, blah, blah. and you're like, well, I want to hear it, right? And You can't <laughs> hear it. So I began casting around for well, who would be a good subject and what would that look like? Like, is it a book? Is it just a recorded conversation? Is it? And then I said, well, it probably should be all those things. Um, and so I went to see Jody Gerson at Universal. We just talked about, well, who would be a good person to start if I wanted to experiment with this new form of some combination of audiobook? Uh, interview, performance, whatever it is. And she said, well, you should start with Paul Simon, Um, which in retrospect was exactly the right choice. So I just went to see him and he said, yes, and off we go.
2: Well, he also seems, and I'm sure this is the case for a lot of musicians, but not all of them, to be such a natural storyteller. Like he seems to enjoy sitting down and just kind of shooting the shit about his life, was that the case when you guys sat down with him?
3: Yeah, he's very he's he's uh, remarkably open. My great fear was we would sit down with him and we'd have to pry things out of him, mm-hmm. but the opposite was true. He quickly became very comfortable talking with us, and you can feel that in the in miracle and wonder. You know that he's actually enjoying himself and uh, not just telling. The same old stories he's been telling for 40 years as well. I mean, it felt like he was going, you know, new places.
2: Yeah, I loved in the prologue where he's talking about how he was on the um, Amazon River. Listen to this story. This is quite amazing. I took a trip on the Amazon and
3: we stopped in this village. It didn't even have any roads And there's a girl is sitting in there, and she's practicing a nylon string guitar. So I listen for a while, and then we say to her, I say, I know a South American song, and I play...
0: And she says, I know an American song. I say, really? Yeah. She goes...
3: What are the odds? (laughs) What did you say to her? There was nothing to say. What am I going to say? I wrote that song. You know, in the middle middle of the Amazon, it's so completely out of the realm of possibility.
2: It's just such a fun opener for the book, and it reminded me of the title too—miracle and wonder—because you can just kind of hear the wonder in his voice and the fact that he still has that Mm -hmm. that he can still feel that after such a long career and he's not jaded i think there's something so much more intimate about hearing people tell stories i'm not a huge fan of reading celebrity biographies but when i heard it it was a completely different and more intimate experience is that what you're trying to go for with these
3: yeah there is i think you're right i mean I always quote my friend Charles Randolph, who says, "We think with our eyes and feel with our ears," and he's a screenwriter. And so he was saying that in the context of when you see a rough cut of a film before the scoring has been added, mm-hmm. y- you you uh, you don't understand the film. You need the scoring. Scoring is what triggers this, you know, the emotional response in you. But even more broadly, you know, you and I n- discovered this with revisionist history. You just t- can tell a very different kind of story when people are listening to you. They're open to a, a, a range of emotional experiences that they otherwise wouldn't be. And um, that's what we were getting at. There's an intimacy. here. You really do feel like you're in the room with Paul as he's talking. And
0: mm-hmm. that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted to
3: give everyone a chance to to participate in, what, in the experience that we were kind of blessed to have, which is we got to hang out with... Simon for for <laughs> 40 hours uh, you know I'll never you know it's something I'll never forget
2: this breed of audiobook is I I think it's it's incredible art so do you guys have plans for more
3: we do yes we're um, we do I don't think I'm telling a tale out of school and I say we're we're doing one right now with uh, Steve Martin Oh, fun. So a comedian is another natural person to do a Mm -hmm. sit-down audiobook with because you really do want to hear them. You don't want to... You sometimes want to read them, but you really want to hear them, right? You want to hear them. um, And we have many, many others that we're contemplating. It's just a matter of figuring out the fit. You need the right conversation partner Mm -hmm. for the person you want to do, right? Um, And, oh my goodness, um, Michael Lewis is doing a new audiobook version of Liar's Poker.
2: Oh, how fun
3: with a podcast companion where he goes back and he interviews a lot of the people that he wrote about. I think it's 30 years ago now. Yeah, it's 30 years ago now Yeah. he wrote that. Um, a lot of people, they were under an assumed name in Lyra's Poker, he couldn't, mm-hmm. but now he, now they're all happy to chat with him. So it's that super fun. I mean, um, yeah, we, have, we just came back from our company retreat and we have a, a zillion things um, in the hopper. So yeah, it's a very exciting time over here at Pushkin.
2: No, it's so exciting. And I love pushing the boundaries, not just of what podcasts can be, but also of what audiobooks can be.
3: Yeah. I think we're entering into a period in book publishing where the audiobook is no longer an afterthought. It's now becoming... We may... I wouldn't... You know, if we woke up five years from now and you told me that most books had audio outselling all other forms, I would not be surprised.
2: Yeah. I think that this is the future, really high quality audio companions to books and audio books but as well as like an audio companion right so a behind the scenes of how to, how was this created and extensive interviews that's what readers want so I'm just gonna toot your horn I think you guys are on the cusp of it oh, awesome thank you yeah thank you thank you thank you for doing it and for creating really good um audio content I yeah. love everything you guys do thank you And that is it for our very first episode of The Pod Club. There is so much more to come for this season, but definitely go and check out all of Pushkin's shows. They make really good stuff. To remind you about what we talked about this episode, we mentioned Revisionist History, the episodes Analysis, Parapraxis, Elvis, plus their three-part Little Mermaid series. You can find those wherever you get your podcasts. We also talked about Miracle and Wonder, Malcolm's new audiobook, all about the legendary musician Paul Simon. You can purchase it wherever you get your audiobooks. Michael Lewis's new Liars Poker Project comes out on February 8th. And if none of these shows are for you, it's okay. Do not worry. Next week will be something totally different. Different guests, different shows. We are here to surprise you. The Pod Club is hosted by me, Joe Piazza. Our executive producers are me and Emily Marinoff. Our producer is Mary Dew. Our associate producer is Lauren Phillip. Mixing by Emily Marinoff and Mary Dew. Our theme song and additional music were composed by Aaron Kaufman. Aaron Kaufman is also our consulting producer. Special thanks to Nikki Tor and to my husband Nick, who sang the original It's a Podcast. About podcasts, about podcasts. It's
4: a podcast about podcasts, about podcasts.
2: Thanks for joining the Pod Club.
0: Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as that 70s show and that 90s show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said. Just before he kicked the bucket, he said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.